What if you found out you spent the majority of your life living way below where God wanted you to? What if you found out that this past year you didn't even come close to what God had in store for you? What if you found out that for the last 10 years of your life you haven't tapped into what God intended you to tap into? What if you found out that you got to the end of your life and you live way, way, way below what God intended for you. Like, wouldn't that kind of be disappointing to know that this is what God had in store and this is what he created me to do, yet I lived way down here for a variety of reasons. What if you found out that you could live up to this? What if you found out that not only could you live up to this, but in God's word that you could be more than what you thought or imagined? What if you could be more than what God desired for you? And when I say that, here's what I mean by that. We don't know what God desires for us, but we have an idea of what that is. And so in our minds, we think, well, this is what God intended for me. What if, just what if, you came to grips with that God can do immeasurably more through you than what you ever thought or imagined. So, you know, we can imagine like, well, well, this is what we think God wants to do. This is where I'm supposed to be living. What if, just what if, you could live up here where God intended you to live instead of living down here? Sometimes in our lives, there are these people who come our way that they, they leave this lasting impression on us. And not only do they leave a lasting impression, they like impact us, they challenge us, they cause us to, to, to reevaluate our own lives. And, and they have the aroma of Jesus on them. And sometimes they come our way, and they've been handed a card in life that's been very difficult. And we look at them, and we say, how do they do that? And then we pull away, and, and we hear more about them, and we watch, and we realize they realize who they are in Jesus Christ. There's a man I'm about to show you that really understands who he is, and, and he gets that God can do immeasurably more than what he asked or imagined. And he's living that life that God intended for him. And, and yet he's been given a card that some of us would say, wow, I'd just give up. I know this man. He's been in the same venue that I've been in when I spoke at Momentum Youth Conference. He spoke the day before. At the end of the service, uh, after he spoke, he would just get at the table at the end. And he would have people come up and just give him hugs. Watch what this man does who lives like he's more than a conqueror. Watch what this man does who understands that God can do immeasurably more than what he even asked or imagined in his life when he appears on the Oprah show and proclaims Jesus Christ in a shameless way. Be encouraged by Nick Bucci here. Let me just say to all of you on Facebook right now, to everybody who has a complaint on the tip of your tongue, I want you just to shut your mouth and watch this tape because Pastor Rick had one request for tonight's show to include a man who he says is one of the best examples of winning the hand you're dealt. This is going to shut your mouth. It's going to shut your mouth. Just close it right now. <laughs> Take a look at this. Born in Australia without arms or legs, 30-year-old Nick Vujicic has become a symbol of triumph against all odds. His inspiring YouTube videos have been watched over 100 million times. It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. But the road to self-acceptance was excruciating for Nick. For years, he was harassed and tormented at school. When he was 10, Nick attempted suicide. After years of feeling worthless and alone, Nick's awakening came while reading an article about a disabled man who refused to let physical limitations hold him back. In that moment, Nick says he discovered the power to take control of his life, and he has. Today, Nick surfs, he snorkels, he golfs, and plays soccer. He's traveled to 44 countries with his message of hope. Even the worst part of your life can come together for the good. And less than a year ago, Nick married the love of his life and danced at their wedding. Nick's in our audience tonight. Say hello to Nick. We're standing up for Nick. Now, this is what's so 
unbelievable. As you've heard, people complain about the spots on their face and people complain about not having a boyfriend and not being able to have the mates of their life. What happened to you that you were able to take all of you, take your chemistry, being born with no arms and no legs, take your connections, your relationships, your life circumstances, mm -hmm. your state of consciousness, and then choose, make the conscious choice yeah. that you were going to take all of that which the rest of the world looks at, you know, undeniably as a pretty bad hand, and that you were gonna turn it into something, you were gonna be exalted by it. What, what happened to you that you were able to do that? Oprah, I know that you love to think out of the box and have things outside of the box in your yes. show. Yeah. And I know that you love illustrations. So if I may illustrate in about 180 seconds, can I do something a little crazy, but it'll Certainly. be powerful. Go Is that right cool? Ahead. You got a camera behind me, right? Yeah. I'm gonna show you. Come, come, come. The this step right here. Is there enough light here? Okay. The chemistry. I was born without arms and legs. The chemistry I could not change in my life. I know that God didn't give me this pain, but what the enemy tried to use for bad, he turned into good. Yeah. Okay. And then, the connections. I want to tell uh, Porsche, uh, look, I'm a guy, I love cars, okay? And I love Porsches more than Ferraris, okay? <laughs> and, and, I uh, want everyone to know that, that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. And until you can actually understand that we are all wonderfully and fearfully made from God, um, I want you to know that, that you will always be trapped and chained and you will be stopped. But when you have the incredible power of faith in action, nothing holds you back. And you're beautiful just the way that you are. No worries. For me, I felt the connection. Yeah. For me, in my life, I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to get married. I can't, you know, can't even hold my wife's hand. What connection am I going to have? But you know what? All things come together for the good for those who love him. Man, this is a little bit high. I'm going to break my arm, man. This is pretty crazy. All right. I'm going to break my arm. Circumstances. Being okay. born without arms and legs, man, it's all about choice. You asked me what it was. I had parents who were my heroes. They always said, you, you can either be angry for what you don't have or be thankful for what you do have. Do your best and God will do the rest. And then consciousness. Because I gave my life to Lord Jesus Christ and the renewing of my mind, I knew that I could be unstoppable. something like that like what do we have to complain about and I understand pain I'm not saying we should deny pain I'm not saying what you, you're going through isn't very difficult but I believe this with all of my heart and my hope is this year that, that we don't live below what God intended us to live that somehow we recognize that through Christ that we are more than what we ever thought because of Christ working through us now, if he can do that with that card that's been handed to him, not based upon his own will and volition, but because of him knowing who he is in Jesus Christ, what can God do through us this year? Like, I, I firmly believe with all of my heart that God has created us to be more than what we ever thought or imagined or living, more than the way we probably lived the last 10 years, the last 20 years, more than we could ever conceive that God has this incredible plan for us that if we just believe that he is God and living in us, that we could live far above where we've been living. And that when the enemy comes knocking at our door, we can overcome and be more than conquerors, not on the ability in us, but because of the fact that God lives in us. What would happen this year? What would happen this year? Like, how would it resurrect your marriage, your life, your school, your workplace, if we begin to live that we are more than through Jesus Christ, that, that we have an unfair advantage because Christ lives in us, what if we really believe this truth? 
It would change the way we live. That's my hope. My hope is this year that me, that you, that all of us live in such a way that the world looks at and says, man, that's just not humanly possible. And we can say, right, it isn't. But it is possible through Christ who can do all things through us. Do you believe that, by the way? So my hope is this, that this is the year. Like, 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 like. Never before, like you get out of the doldrums you've been in, the, your marriages that are listless are no longer listless. Like you get physically, spiritually, emotionally in shape. Like, like you don't stay in dead end dating relationships and keep hoping it gets better. Like I know people right now that are in dating relationships and they just go, keep hoping that she just falls in love with Jesus more, that it'll change, or he falls in love with Jesus more. Let me tell you, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen when you fall more in love with Jesus and you let them go and they fall more in love in Jesus then. So listen, no more settling. No more living way below where God intended. Let this be the year where we live far above anything we ever thought or imagined because we can do more than, because we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why I believe that's true. Grab your Bibles and I'll show you. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Turn to Romans chapter 8. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up and ushers will put one in your hand. And we're going to read this together. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. When you find that, stand with me. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. Let's read this out loud together. But let me just say, before we read, let's, let's, let's read it in a different way. Like, like, let's read this like you believe it. Like, this isn't Newsweek we're reading today or the Goshen News. Like, I don't read the Goshen News. Look at that news. Like, let's read it like this is the living, inspired word of God that's sharper than two-edged sword that can divide the, the bone and marrow in our bodies, and it penetrates, and it brings healing and hope that it's alive. Like, like as you read this on your mobile device or, 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 or in a written copy, think about this. This is the living word. Like, it's just not just some ancient text that was written a long time ago that are just letters put together, and it's just a good book. No, this is God's word. So when you read this, read it like Paul and the Holy Spirit intended it for you, which he did. And believe these words as you read them. Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, read. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Any amens for that? You can have a seat. I just say, go home. That's it. If you just let that, like, baptize you, like, just stand under that shower of God's word. Sometimes I just picture myself as I'm reading or listening. I love listening to the word of God. And I just picture myself just being baptized with the word of God. It's like, oh, man, this is powerful. Paul is telling us that God is for us. And by the way, that is a big deal. Like, that's a game changer for me and for you that are Christ followers. He's not against you. He doesn't wake up as an angry God every day, like ready to zap you or whack-a-mole you. He's for you. And so not only is he working on behalf of you, and by the way, God doesn't just wake up because he neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's always thinking about you. You are always on his mind, and he is working out your life, charting out your life in such a way that it's best for you. He's an amazing God, like, 
Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why we live such, maybe that's why we're in dating relationships. Like we think, well, this is what God's best is for me. And you know what's best in that dating relationship. Like, you know what you desire. You desire a woman that will run after Jesus the rest of her life, where, where she'll support and care for you. You desire a man that's a spiritual leader. Like longing, like, like he wakes up in the morning, he's praying over you. And, 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 and so you're, you're, you want that in a marriage. And, and, and then if he's single, he's at home. And when he, he's in God's word every day and he's sending you texts and saying, look, this is what God is doing. This is what, this is what could, God could do in our life. You want a husband that's doing the same and you want a wife. You, you long for more and yet we settle and we settle and we think, well, this is the best chance. No. God wants way more than that in your life. It's us who settle. It isn't God who settles. And by the way, maybe once in a while we just need reminded of who God is. And, and there was a man that wrote something really good, and he tried to capture who God is. Like, like after hearing this, like, if there's not a part of you that your heart just kind of just, like, bounces an extra or skips an extra beat, then maybe you better ask the question, does God live in me? This is who our God is, by the way. This is the God that's for us. Like, it's not Buddha sitting there asleep. He's not an idol. He's, this is our God. The Bible says he's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the fundamental doctrine in true theology. He supplies strength for the weak. He sympathizes and he saves. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives the sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him. He can't be outlived. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. He has always been and he will always be. He has no predecessor. He'll have no successor. There was nobody before him. There will be nobody after him. You can't impeach him and he isn't going to resign. That's our God. Like, that's him. Can we just give God praise today for our God, huh? To our God. This is our God. That's who our God is. To God, to God. Now, let me ask you something today. If that's our God, like, seriously, like, and he is, if that's our God, and he's for us, then who could ever stand against us? Who, anybody? No. Then let me ask you a really, really practical question. Then why don't we believe that? Like, why do we take this and turn it this way? Why do we live less than what God has intended us to live? Why do we believe that God can do less than? Why don't we believe that he can do more than? And because of his work in us, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Listen to me, please. This could be the year. Like, like I, 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 this could be the year. Like, Please, this could be the year, like, where your marriage is no longer listless, like, where you realize, I need to get on mission, like, I'm dangerous. We can be defiant for him. Like, this could be the year. Instead of, like, oh, I'm going to grace, I'm going to worship, you know, I'm going to grab some coffee, and then I'm going to go back to my routine, I'm going to go back into this relationship where this man doesn't love Jesus, and this woman doesn't love Jesus, and I'm, I'm surrounding myself with a bunch of naysayers, and I'm a negative person, and I don't believe that God can do more than Let's change that this year. Like, anyone want to join in on that? 
Let's be the year for that we, we can be more than. Now, that's not easy. That may, might mean you go home and say, you know what? I, I, I thought this was a relationship that was intended for God. I need to pull away from this. I've been settling. It might mean you go in the workplace and you apologize for being an idiot to your coworkers. You apologize and say, you know what? I haven't reflected Christ. I am sorry. And you're broken before them. And you let them know that, hey, from this day forward, you're going to see a different me. It might mean that you grab your wife by the hand and say, no, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not just treating you as just another woman. I'm going to elevate you. I'm, you're going to be a, a, a precious jewel to me. And this year, I'm going to hold you up, and I'm going to pamper you, and I'm going to care for you. And together, we're going to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ with a squirt run to hell. See, now here's the problem with that. you got to believe that first, like... I could rant and rave and I could encourage you and, and I, could, I could inspire you and Nick could inspire you, but the choice is yours. So seriously, how can we lose when we have a God like that? You see, I just choose to believe that. I'm not a weird whack of people asking, Jim, why are you so passionate? Because I believe the living God can do anything if he wants to. And that's what keeps me alive. That's what presses me on. That's, that's what makes me come in here in the morning and once encourage you with those words. In case you've forgotten, Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 3. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Just turn over, keep your finger in Romans. Like Paul was so good at encouraging his people and challenging him at the same time. And he has such a way to be able to, to say, this is truth, and repent, and convict, and in Romans chapter 3, he said this to the church at Ephesus, and he, he was trying to encourage him to tell him who they were. And, and he says this in Ephesians 3.20. Look what Paul says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, what's the next two words? More than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Look again. Now to him, God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his work that's in us. You know, all of us have imaginations. And I have a great imagination. And, you know, sometimes I imagine things like, man, God, wouldn't it be awesome if you did this with that family? Wouldn't it be awesome if you did this with Josh, Hannah, and Isaiah, and Ann? Wouldn't it be awesome, God, if you, if you did this for through me, God, this is what I long for. God, wouldn't it be awesome if you healed that person of that sickness? And God is saying, he can do more than that. Way more than that. And so, when we begin to believe that, we live differently. So the God that I read about earlier, at the beginning of this message, like, he's willing to do more than that in our lives. Not only that, he is able to do. The word able means prepared. Like, he's, he's prepared. It's like, and it, it, he's capable. It means he's qualified. Like, it's, it's this picture of God just like, give me a chance. Like, he's able. Like, what are you waiting on? Here I am. This is what I intended for your life. And yet here we are. Oh, God, I'm going to settle on that. Like, I think this is best. She's best and he's best. And this is the best of marriage. But you got to say, no, I'm able to do more than that in your life. Just ask. And then he says he can do immeasurably more. The word immeasurably takes on the idea of measureless, like limitless, bottomless. Like you just can't get to the bottom. Like, wow, that was big, God. That's probably good for this year. Uh-uh, I got more. Oh, that was good for the next five years. Uh-uh, I'm keep reaching, God says, I got more. Limitless, bottomless, he wants to do. Then he says he can do more, immeasurably more. Like, as if immeasurably isn't enough. He can do more than immeasurably. Further, higher, exceedingly more. And so right now, whether you believe it or not, God is willing, he's able, he's qualified to do more, immeasurably more in your life. We have to ask and imagine and believe by faith that he can and then stand waiting like, okay, God, I can't wait to see how you're going to work that one out. And sometimes it comes in just the simplest fashions and, and sometimes we miss it. 
Now, you heard me say a few weeks back about Hannah's car that we wanted to sell it. And you heard the story there where, you know, I was thinking through. I was trying to find a buyer. We we're going to put it on Craigslist. And that was winter. And we're trying to find her a car. And, it's like, and then Ann and I began to pray, Lord, bring up a buyer. You know, just work this all out. And Hannah wants to go to Florida to watch the national championship for the Grace College soccer team. So she drives, you know, down to Indianapolis, parks her car. And when she gets back, there's a note on her car that says something like, hey, if you ever want to sell this car, give me a call. I'll, I'll buy it. And so she hand me, hands me this note. She said, Dad, by the way, when I was in the parking lot, in India, this letter was here. And so I called him. You know, I called him. Called him. Yeah, and he bought it. And, and it was more than what we were going to ask for it. Why? Because God wanted to sell it. Let me give you another, just a practice. Sometimes we, we, we look, we think, well, how is God doing that? Sometimes we miss it. I was at Menards four or five weeks ago, and then before the winter, you know, and thinking about, hey, I need to get a shovel. We, we shovel our driveway, and we have four or five shovels at home on our wall in the garage. And you, you guys remember last winter. Like, that's all I did. I was like, and by the time you do it, you're out there doing it again. And it was like a gauntlet going into our garage. It was cool, by the way, like eight feet on both sides, but it was hard work. But we didn't complain. We just got out there and and so at the beginning of the year, I was in Menards. We were in there shopping, and, and I went by the shovel section. Man, there was this shovel. It was, I mean, it was sweet. I mean, it was, like, there's ladies right now who don't have a clue, but guys, you get it, don't you? Like, the sweetest shovel possible. Like, it's not plastic, and it doesn't break in half when you hit something hard. I was like, man, that's the shovel. Like, pick, picked it up and looked around. That would do it. And I remember processing this thought, like, I should buy that thing because, man, that'll cut my work in half. But I remember thinking at the time, you know, didn't have the money with me, wasn't budgeted at that time, but I'll get it. Like, I remember thinking, I got to get back to Menards. Well, I never got back to Menards and the snow came. And so I was out. But in the back of my mind, you know what I was thinking about? Menards. And God was thinking about something else, too. Like, last Monday or Tuesday, uh, um, I get this call from this person on the other end, and they said, hey, Jim, something like, hey, uh, I know you shovel your driveway. And I was like, yeah. And he said, you know, we got this snowblower, like, it's been set in the barn. We, we hardly ever use it. it. It looks brand new. It's like, it's 27 inches wide. It's an eight horsepower, electric start. It's got a light on it. It's got four speeds forward on it, and it's got a reverse on it. And you could stand behind it like tool, Tim the Tool Man, baby. Most of you didn't get that, but the older crowd understands. And so he's asking about, you know, would, would you be interested in this? thinking, oh, Lord, you knew what I was thinking, didn't you? And he says, by the way, you know what? I can deliver it to your house. He delivered it, and I just kind of just petted it in the garage. And I started praying for snow. And let me tell you, when that first snow came, man, I was thrown. I had that chute on it. It was shooting 500 feet down the next road. I was white. I was just grinning, man. I put sidewalks in our backyard. I put them everywhere. God can do. You laugh. You walk around the side of my house, there's grass sidewalks. So I back up. Why is that? Because I was asking for Mr. Menards. Lord, give me, let me have a Mr. Menard. And God was immeasurably more than I was asking or imagining. I love what St. Augustine said. He said, he who has God has everything. He who has everything but God has nothing. Remember the God I read about at the beginning of this message? He who has God has everything. He who has everything but God has nothing. And that's why Jeremiah said when it comes to asking God, because he's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, but we've got to ask. And Jeremiah 33 says, Call unto me and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. In other words, 
If we want to find an answer, we normally go to Google and we type it in. We find a search engine and we search words. I mean, isn't it awesome? Like, like to find something, like working on cars or whatever you're doing. Like, all you have to do if you're building your house or, 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 you, or you're trying to knit something or build something, you just go to Google and you begin typing in like three words and it finishes the sentence for you. By the way, isn't that awesome? Like someone else was asking that question. And then you click on the link and there it is. In the world we live in now, like there's YouTube videos and they tell you, they show you. So how many times have I walked out in the garage and I take my laptop and I set it up on the counter and I'm watching this video and I'm fixing my car. But Jeremiah 33 says this, call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Like there are things that God wants to do that Google can't show you. There are things that, that, you, you, that you can't even type in the search engine. The God says, hey, Google search engine, I can do unsearchable things. Just cry out to me. He could do far more than we ever ask or imagine. But, but, James says this. Turn to James chapter 1. Look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 6. Look what James says. James gives us a, 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 a truth here that we need to add to the mix when it comes to asking. Look at James chapter 1. Look, look at verse 6 through 8. James says this. But when you what? Ask, you must what? And not what? Because the one who what? It's like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person who doubts should not what? What's the next word? Spec to receive what? Anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all he does. So qualify these prayers. You cannot go to God and, and, and go to him and, and doubt that he's capable. Like, we can't go to God and say, God, this is a doozy. Like, you know, like it's never been done before in my life. And, like, this is the 16th time, and I know that person. Like, like he snores every morning. I haven't seen change, but I doubt that you can do this. But would you do this in your heart? Listen, if you pray and you doubt, listen, you won't get anything from God. Amen. See, there's a difference. There's a huge difference there. It's going to God in faith and saying, like, Lord, you're the God I read about in the beginning of this message. Like, you can do great and unsearchable things that Google doesn't have. And you tell me that you're able, you're ready to, you're capable of, you're qualified to, to do immeasurably more than I ask or imagine. And by faith, I'm believing that. Let me just make that very practical. Be careful who you ask to pray for you. Let me make it even more practical. If your wife comes to you and she says, honey, would you pray about this for us and for our kids and for our future? And you're over here and you're thinking, that'll never happen. Your prayers could block God answering that request. See, it's by faith. And so I try to circle myself with people who, who believe by faith. Like if you're asking me and you're coming to me, listen to me. If you're coming to me and you're asking me to pray for you, it's not up to me to determine whether or not God should do it. I'm going to believe by faith that he can and I'm going to pray that way. Do you do that for others? Or is your prayer like, oh, God, I hope you can. And all right, I'll pray about it. And you, you go with your husband. Man, did, he thinks that that's going to happen. Like, can you believe that? Like, let's pray. I have a real intercessor friend in John Corbin. He, he regularly texts me. In fact, he does it for all the pastors. He'll send us texts. And like, he's divided the year out into to weeks that he prays for pastors and his families. And so I love it when John texts me. And he says, hey, Jim, you're pastor of the week. My wife and I and our kids, we're going to pray for you this week. And so I give him these requests. And I love handing it off to a man of God like that because I know he believes by faith that God is able and can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. The greatest gift that you can give to your wife, to your kids, to your husband, to your friends, is to pray by faith that God can and not be a doubting Thomas. Let me just pull away and ask this one question. How many things has God refused to answer in your life or someone else's life because of your doubting prayers? 
Paul says this. He said, God not only is, 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 turn back to Romans chapter 8. Paul tells us this in Romans chapter 8. Not only is God for us, he says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? God holds nothing back from us. He gave his own son, and Paul says, how will God that gave his son not graciously give you more things, not graciously give you all things? I mean, he gave his son Jesus. When we come to grips with this reality that some of us kind of see God, like, like I said, as this angry God, like, like, like an angry father, like somehow at the end of our lives, he's like, waiting. I'm cutting you out of the will. We think because of these sins in our lives and these things that we've done, that somehow that's going to change God's love because we didn't love him more or love him less. Yet the truth of the matter is we will always be his kid. You're not going to get to the end of your life and God's going to leave you and depart you. He's going to say, come on home. God will not cut you out of his will when you're his child. And yet we live sometimes that way. Like, oh, hope, like, and so even when we pray, like, oh, God, I know I messed up this week, and oh, God, and we've even repented of the sin. It's like we go to God, and we're just cowering in fear, like he's ready to whack us, and he's going to cut us from his will. Listen to me. He's a father that loves his kids like a dad loves his kids and a mama loves his kids. And when my kids come to me and ask for help, I want to help them as much as possible. That's what God wants to do for you. And then he tells us, and Paul tells us this. I mean, read on. I mean, this this, this gets better. Verse 33, who who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It's one of my favorite words, theological words. We've been justified. We've been declared righteous. And the only reason we can do more than or be more than is because Jesus declares us more than in our own own state. (laughs) And by the way, who would dare tangle with any of God's chosen people? Like, we're his kids. I mean, the God of the universe, we're his children. Like, who's going to dare mess with God's children? Like, I wouldn't dare do that. It's one of the most precious truths in all of Scripture. When we are saved, God first and foremost changes our status. He declares us righteous. He looks at the shed blood of Christ and he regards his death as the perfect work, the perfect sacrifice that covered all of our sins, past, present, and future. We are justified. And to use Paul's language here, even while we are sinners, even while we are continually falling short of God's glory, in other words, our salvation does not depend on our works. It's all the work of Jesus Christ. There is no work that we can do to get ourselves saved, and there's no work that we can do to keep ourselves saved. It's all the work of God. We're declared righteous. So this morning when you woke up and I woke up, God looks down, and, he, and, and, and the enemy wants to condemn, and he wants to say, hey, she did that. She, he, he had that bad attitude. Hey, he fell short here. And God is saying, listen to me, Satan. I declare them righteous based on the work on the cross of Jesus Christ. In other words, God changes our status. It's change. You know, stop and ponder that for a second. We change our status regularly on Facebook. Like we have status updates. Our status has been changed from guilty, sinner, gone to hell. And when we come to Christ, God sent his son Jesus, and we trust in Jesus. We repent of our sins. We become his child, and then he declares us righteous. He changes the status. And because of that, we can become, we're going to see here, more than conquerors in Christ and through Christ Jesus. Not based on our work and our ability, but on the work of the cross and that Christ didn't stay dead on the cross completely for the rest of his life. He got buried into the, the tomb and he was resurrected on the third day. God's work didn't stop at the cross. It continued at the grave and he walked away from it. That should mean something to us. So our status has changed. He makes us conquerors, more than conquerors. Like this afternoon, maybe you just change your status instead of you know, Jim Brown, more than conqueror. Like in history, I like history, and like some of the greatest conquerors, you know, I think of Genghis Khan and people, we studied conquerors. And I remember one, one dude by the name, his name was called Ivan the Great. Like, why do you get that name? Because he conquered, 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 conquered. And so, pull that back to us. 
We are more than Ivan the Great. Like, so I encourage you to, you, you, you got a keychain when you came in here. Pull that out and just take a look at that for a second. You got a keychain. I want you to hold that in your, your hand a second and I want you to look at it. I want you to do something with this. I want you to put it with your keys that you drive with. And I want you to, each time that you get in your vehicle, I want you to, to remind yourself that, that you're more than a conqueror. But even more than that, I want you to do this. I want you to change the status that you have of yourself. Like, like maybe this afternoon on Facebook, we all become like, like, like Jeremy the Great. Like Christy the Great. I mean, seriously, she's on the banner, isn't she? Christy the Great. Like Leslie the Great. Like Ruth Ann the Great. Not based, on, not based on what we do, but what Christ is doing through us. And so when you get in your car when you leave here today, like, like I want you to mentally do something. It's the first time you're using that keychain. You're getting it. I want you to stick that key in the ignition, but I want you to act like you are more than a congress. You grab your wheel. And you say to yourself, and you got kids, <laughs> Dad the Great. Mom the Great. Jimmy the Great. Now, I'm going to give you a chance. Not based on your work, but on Christ's work in you. So every time you start and you think, God, I'm more than a conqueror today. And you know what? (laughs) Jimmy the Great. So I'm going to give you a chance. We're going to practice here before you leave. Because some of you right now, I'm getting in there. And so when the third service come in, they see you sitting in your car. (laughs) They're wondering, what happened in there? So I want you to do something. I want you to fill in your name. Like, you are Bob the Great, Tim the Great, like Louise the Great. And I'm going to give you a chance. And you're going to say that on the count of three. And you're going to say it like you believe it. Like, now just picture it. Get your keychain out. You're getting ready to go for a ride. Like, think about it. Here we go. On the count of three, let's hear you say like you believe who you are in Christ. One, two, three. Oh, you don't believe it. I can tell you don't believe it. I mean, I can't even hear the link. I should be able to hear it through the wall right now. Now, speak it like you believe it. Like, I want to hear the back row back there. In fact, I didn't hear anything here. I'm I'm Bob the Great. All right, on the count of three, ready? Say it like you believe it. This is who you are. You're more than a conqueror. One, two, three. That's what I'm talking about. That's who you are. Not based on you but on the work that Jesus did through you and did for you and is going to do for you in the future. He declares us righteous. See, there's no charge that Satan can ever bring against you that will stick. And so then Paul says this. Look look what else he says in verse 34. I mean, it just gets better. He says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. In other words, there will be people in your life who will condemn you. There will be people who keep trying to bring up your past. And know what that person normally is? It's you. You keep thinking, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. Lord, Lord, if you could erase that. Listen, he's already died for that. Repent of it and move on. Don't let the enemy take you back to that situation. Let him, the God of the universe, move you forward. And this is who you are. You're more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. He's not condemning you. He's ready to do more than in your life. And there are people in this world who just want to remind you of your past. By the way, for the life of me. I don't understand why people who call themselves Christians love reading about someone else's sin and failure. And then they like to post the article. Like, let me share this article. Like, what does that do for the body of Christ? <laughs> you see, Jesus writes a reference letter for us like no one else. Like, like when you're going for a new job or you're applying for a coaching position or a teaching position or maybe you're in a ministry position or maybe, maybe you're on the assembly line or, or maybe you, you have this new product that you made at home, moms, and you're trying to get it out there like, and you need a reference to join a team. How many of you go to people who really don't like you? Like, how many? Hey, can you write me a reference letter? Can you tell them everything about me that you don't like? And everything that you've ever seen me do that, you know, that where I really, really didn't do a good job. Can you write it and put it in bold font and send it to this company? Like, no. That's what the devil does. But God 
writes us a reference letter and says, covered with my son's blood, justified, cleansed, redeemed. Listen, more than a conqueror. And so when you get a reference letter from God, he overrides anything, accusation that Satan ever tries to bring your way. Ephesians 3, Paul said this, and right before he said that, that God is able, he says in verses 17 and 18, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Why does he want us to grasp? Why was he saying to the church of Ephesus, I want you to grasp this truth about God's love, how wide and how deep it is. Because he knew there would be times that, that they'll be trying to grasp other things. They'll be trying to grasp, well, this is, my, this is what I've accomplished. And listen, if you're hanging on to what you accomplished, after a while, it doesn't mean much. And people won't remember you 20 years down the road. And it no longer will give you identity. The best identity you have and the only identity you should have be in Jesus Christ and the work of the cross. And you are one of his kids and that's enough. And so Paul was saying, grasp the love of Christ. Like how wide and deep and powerful it is. Clutch it. The word grasp means clutch it. It means seize it. It means, listen, we're going to have a fight on my head if you're trying to take this from me. It's like someone trying to touch my wife. We're going to have a fight on my hand. And he says, grasp that, clutch that, seize that. There are a lot of things you could grasp and clutch and hold on to in this life, but there is nothing greater to take a death grip on Jesus Christ. So he closes out, this, get to the end. Look at verse 35. So Paul says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your name's sake, we face death all day long. We are slaughtered as sheep. We, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. In other words, we, we, God is always with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. There's nothing that you can do that ever separate you from Christ. Now listen, this is a truth that you need to hear again, and sometimes we need to hear it every single day. We can never do anything on this side of heaven to cause Jesus to love us more or to love us less. Nothing. Jesus' love is not based on our actions. So then Paul closes this out. This is where we're getting to the, the really, really, like, like, this is the pinnacle. Like, we're working there. He says, now, hold on, hold on. This is good. This is good. This is truth. This is truth. And because of these truths, he's pounding on, which Paul was good at. He gets to verse 37, and look what he says. No, in all these things, we are more. What's the next word? Then, help me out. We are more than what? Conquerors through him who loved us. Then Paul says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither this present life, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are more than conquerors. Lori Chupp told me after the first service today, she said in sign language, when you say that you're more than a conqueror, she said literally it's like this. She said you take the head of the enemy and you squash it. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Like... You take it and you overcome. That's the overcome. You squash that head. And that's what we've done to the enemy because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And what he did in the grave, he was resurrected. He overcame death. And we win, we win, we win, we win. We're more than conquerors. Peter tried to say it in the best way possible. He says, his divine nature has given us everything we need for a godly life. Let me flesh out that again, what more than conqueror means. Conquerors are victorious over their struggles. So you're, you're, a conqueror is victorious over the struggles. More than a conqueror, which we are, are victorious in their struggles. In other words, you don't have to, to wait till the battle is over. You are victorious right now in the midst of the adversity. Let, did you hear me? You are victorious in the midst of the adversity. You are more than a conqueror right now because of the work of Christ Jesus in your life. And when you believe that, you face the adversity different. Like, oh, yeah, it might be dark. Oh, yeah, I might be sick. Oh, yeah, that child might have run away from God. Oh, yeah, my husband might not love me right now. Oh, yeah, I might be broke. Oh, yeah, I might be unemployed. But in the midst of this, I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. You are victorious. You are conquering in it, not just over it. When you are a conqueror, you win because of what you can do. When you are more than a conqueror, you win because of what's already been done for you by Jesus Christ. Conquerors win on one level. Like, they're really good at something. 
More than a conqueror wins on every level. Maybe that's you. Like, that means, practically, it means this. I know a person right now that's just killing it in the business world. Like, praise God. They're, they're, they're doing an amazing job in the business world. The sales are booming. They're making a difference. And, I mean, they are conquering that level. But you try to get that guy to throw a baseball or a football, he's not conquering that. More than a conqueror means in the midst, over. We are conquering in the midst. Now, for instance, you know, it's good to refer to this illustration, but in your mind, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? I, I, you'll probably have many. You might say Bill Russell, but Michael Jordan comes to mind. Like, people say, you know, he's like the, the king, like, like, like the Air Jordan. Like, Jordan, like, he, he was dominant. Like, he conquered basketball. In fact, I bet at 50 years old, he could still get on the court and hoop it up. I got to believe that because I'm 53. You know, sometimes you think you're better than what you really are. I got to believe that he could still come out, like, and do it, like, he conquered basketball. Like, how do you do it, baseball? Seriously, how do you do? He was horrible. A conqueror conquers on one level. More than a conqueror, conquers on all levels. Because you've already conquered, because Christ is working with you through it. Paul says, We are more than conquerors to him who loved us. You see, you and I can look at Satan. We can look at this adversity we're in. We can even look at this situation and say, God, I don't know how this is going to work out. God, I might leave this relationship that I'm in this dating relationship. And, Lord, it seems difficult and hard. But I know what? In the midst of this pain that I'm in, in the midst of it's dark, in the midst of everything's hurting, in the midst of it doesn't look, doesn't look very clear, in the midst of I don't know what's going to happen, I know this, God, that I am more than a conqueror. And you have something in store for me that I haven't imagined that I ever could imagine. And it's going to be really good because you've been working on it since the foundation of the world. That changes everything. We open this service with a beautiful song, and you're going to get to sing it again. But this time you get to sing it with believing that you're more than a conqueror. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jeremy and the link and Pastor Jeremiah and the worship teams to come on stage. And in this song it says this. Just listen to these words. It says, we are more than conquerors through Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. We will not bow down to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. Man, I I just want to hear that. I mean, we are defiant in your name. I love those words that God anointed that artist with. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins. Our Lord, our God, our conqueror. Nothing is impossible. Every chain is breakable with you. We are victorious. You are stronger than our hearts. You are greater than the dark. With you, we are victorious. When my hope and strength is gone, you're the one who calls me on. You are my life. You are the fight that's in my soul. Stand, both venues. We have a chance. Now listen, I'm going to ask you to do something. Like, I want you to picture yourself more in a conqueror. You got your key. You get ready to start your car. You're, you're more than a conqueror. You know, I'm Jimmy the Great. And now you're singing to a God that made you that way. This is our chance to say, thank you, God, I believe. So I want you to sing this song and worship this song. Not, listen, I want heaven to hear this. So let's give God our best as we sing this truth back to him.